0: the word of God for life and life to the abundance. Hallelujah. We're starting a new series this morning and I'm going to call it this. We may change it next week, but I'm calling it How to Guarantee Your Success in Life. How's that sound? Anybody, any takers on that? How to guarantee success in your life. Well, I'm not going to tell you today what it is, so you will come back next week. No, I really. Turn with me in your Bible if you would to the book of 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, how to guarantee your success in life. Well, I tell you, in the world, there's no guarantees to have success in life. You all know that? There's lots of people out there pitching one, and no doubt there's lots of things that you and I can do that are better that'll increase it. But to guarantee success is pretty, a pretty bold promise or assertion. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, let's, just, let's visit the truth. Let's visit the truth that we know so we can take on truth that we may not know. It says in verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, one version says in Christed, he is a new creature. Another version says creation. He's a new creation. And then we get that thing described. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. How many of y'all are a new creature in Christ? All over the house. So we're changed. We're transformed. We've been we've been refathered from above. I've been refathered from above. And that is who I am. That's who we are. We've been re from above. I don't like it when people take on a... Uh, I say I don't like it. I, I just disagree with people that the main moniker in their life is not is something besides who we are in Jesus uh, I don't like it when somebody says look over there at that man Well, which man well it's a Hispanic man or it's a it's a oriental man or whatever sometimes you have to do that but sometimes people just they don't even say look over there they just say that's that well that that's not who we're looking at is our ethnicity, our race. It's not even who we are is saying, well, who am I? Well, I'm a man. Okay. So is half the world. So we hadn't narrowed down much. Hallelujah. So then, then you have people that are uh, ex-military. You have a Marine, and he might have all sorts of Semper Fi all over his vehicle and, you know, Uh, all that sort of stuff all of it's true you might be a fisherman so on the back window of your truck you got so-and-so bass boat or whatever not chiding with that but i said but we got to we got to narrow it because none of those things will guarantee success it is a part of you but it's not the main part the main part is that we're new creatures in christ and so we got to change our perspective Because if we don't see ourselves as born again and that being the most valuable asset of our being then we're going to lean to something else we're going to say well i graduated from harvard or or you know i've been around the world there's things that are all true but not specific to your guarantee so we see here that this that there's three parts in us spirit soul and body and he's talking here about the spirit and he said the spirit part the hidden the hidden man of the heart is regenerated or refathered from above. The spirit man there is changed instantly, completely, and eternally. Let's get it straight here. We are, we are born again instantly. Well, where's the evidence? Well, there's not much. You don't get necessarily a tingle when you get saved. You don't get a You don't get a rush. You don't, you know, if you ate chocolate before you got saved, you're probably going to go get a Hershey bar after you get saved. Hallelujah. So it's instant. It happens in the twinkling of an eye, the word says. It's complete. You're not, God's working on me. No, he's not. He worked on you and he's finished. There's another part of us, our soul that needs work, but our spirit man, we are completely born again in an instant of time. Are you all with me? Amen. And then finally, it's eternal. You don't, based on your behavior, listen to me, based on your behavior, you don't, like traffic, you don't dodge in and dodge out. You're not, you know, you get on drugs, so you're going to hell, but then you start reading the Bible and you're going to heaven. It's none of that. You're either born again, forever, or you're lost forever. Now, Christians don't like that. Religious Christians don't like that. They want you to dip in and out. Of God's mercy well his mercy was named Jesus and he dipped in for us and it was mercy not judgment if, you know if he takes something away from you then the first thing he gave you wasn't mercy it was just recompense it was a reward it was a it was a transaction so but in our soul spirit soul and body that would be your mind your will your emotions that part of us mostly up here the soul part is not born again instantly how many of y'all know it takes a while? It's a it's the word calls it in Romans a renovation. <laughs> there's tear out day and then there's uh, there's matching colors day and then what kind of sink do you? It's renovation day, and we're all under renovation. No matter how far you've come, praise God, we're all under renovation, and there's no end to that. When we get raptured up, or if we go in the ground and then get taken up. We're going to be renovated until that day, or we could be. Some people quit, but we could be renovated that day. And uh, the thing about this, the soul salvation, is that I'm in charge. I decide how fast I go. If I want to read the Bible, if I want to pray, I'll go faster. If I want to forgive people, I'll go faster. If I want to learn more about the Lord, I'll go faster. But if I don't want any of those things, I'll still be born again. I'll still go to heaven. But I won't live much life down here on earth. Are, are we in sync here? Hallelujah. So I, I choose. I choose. If I could be in the bed this morning. You could be in the bed this morning. Lots of people could be in the bed this morning, and they are. It's just that they're, they're weighing their own progress, and apparently they think good enough is good enough. What's the consequence if I go to church or if I stay in the bed? And they don't think there's any difference. Turn with me to Luke, if you would, the book of Luke, chapter 6. We're going somewhere with this. But, you know, if we're going to guarantee your success in life, we're going to have to work some things out before we work some things in. Because, obviously, people think they're good, doing good enough. They think this is all right. It, it might could be better, but it's better than a lot of folks. And so they settle. In Luke chapter 6, the Lord Jesus, he starts in verse 47. 47. And he talks about life. Not, not the new birth. He's talking about the part of us that chooses. The part of us that we develop or don't develop. The part that we renovate or don't renovate. There's nothing worse than the second day after demo day at your house. (laughs) Because everything's either still in the floor and they're going to take it out or it's all gutted. you got to go to the second and the third and the 23rd day, don't we, Jonathan? Demo day is a terrible thing. I mean, it's a good thing, but it's... He said in verse 47, the Lord Jesus said, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings... So he's not talking about getting saved here, is he? And doeth them, and doeth them, heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. So here comes a parable. Some, here comes something that the Lord said, you, you can't figure this out by those lofty words, but you can figure out what I'm going to tell you. He said, he's like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood rose, and when the flood rose, and when the flood rose, y'all know the flood rises. Hallelujah. Maybe a hundred year floodplain, but it, when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not uh, shake it for, it, for it was founded upon a rock. So here's the man that hears the words and doeth them. Then he compared it, and that's what a parable does. But he that heareth and doeth not. He is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth. Without a foundation built a house upon the earth. Without a foundation. So the only difference here is the house is built, but, but one of them had a foundation and one did not. And I tell you, the house looked good on both of them. Don't you all imagine? The house looked good because uh, things that come along that determine whether you did good with your foundation or not are not usually the next morning or the next month or even this year. The foundationless house looked good for quite a while. He goes on, he says, And the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So here he's talking about our choices. The future of the house, the ultimate future of the house, which then we could put us in there. The future, my future, your future, is dependent upon the foundation. Because the house was the same and the storm was the same. The reason some houses fall is the foundation is poor. The reason that Christians fail is because their foundation is poor. Another word for foundation. Let's see, I wrote it down. What else it could be? Uh, A constitution. That's the bottom framework. That's the framework for how everything is built and said and done and and ruled. The word is also character. Without good character, you won't last long. You'll get by today, tomorrow. You'll get by through Christmas. But eventually, a storm's going to come. And you won't be able to fend it off because your foundation, your constitution, or your character could not outride or outlast the storm that comes. Do you all know those people? Yeah. And the things that I've messed up in my life, and there's been several, none of them none of them, you know, go to jail or pay a fine or anything, just things that I look back and went, wow, that was a, that was a bonehead play. Uh, it was because I had weak character. I didn't make the right decisions. I listen, I listened to people. Their advice, their counsel, their so-called wisdom. I listened to them instead of reaching down inside and saying, Lord Jesus, how do you want me to handle this? Well, it, tell you what, the Lord did not rescue me. He didn't say, I'm in control here and this isn't gonna happen just because you're a bonehead. It doesn't matter, I'm gonna override this and everything's gonna turn out amazing. No, I went to the bottom. A so-called bottom, not the bottom. I don't, these are terms. So if you're, if the future of the house is dependent on the foundation, then our life, as it were, cannot exceed our foundation. If we have a week, a quick, gosh, it's lots of work to, to put up a foundation. I I've opened up the Google and uh, looked at foundations for major buildings, and some of them are deep and wide. The, the Burge Talif and, and uh, the second tallest building, wherever it is, it, it, it uh, didn't have good dirt under it. It was, it was a long ways to bedrock. And they had to go into bedrock and drill down through the bedrock and put the, yeah, I had to put everything in bedrock because everything above that was a little shaky. Well, that's expensive. That's a lot of work. I mean, the, who would know driving by? There's a, I read about a, a, a building, a big building in San Francisco that has already sunk. This is, this is a skyscraper. It's sunk 16 inches, and it's leaning 14 inches. Well, you think it's probably done? Probably not. So there's some serious foundation work there. Somebody skipped, bypassed, or just didn't know, thought they were doing it, but it didn't happen. So my life, your life, cannot exceed the foundation I put in it. I might not build on it. I might have a a yeah, buddy, good foundation and not build on it, never have any profit or increase or fruit in my life. But I built this foundation, but then I just wore out. I I, I backslid or I, I just didn't do it. But for sure, even if you're Johnny on the spot and you get you a building going, but you just didn't have time or energy to put a foundation under it, the stream will beat vehemently against you, and you, you will crash. Do you all know any people that have crashed? And they say, well, that was bad luck. Or it would say, my brother-in-law didn't keep his word. Or they'll say, the bank foreclosed on me. Or they'll say, the market went south, and the economy went loopy. Everything, everything, everything that you, they could say, this is why it happened. But the truth is that we can weather any storm, the storm beat, beat vehemently against it, we can weather every storm if our character of our foundation is right. So it doesn't matter how much of this you know, you can quote, you can quote all of Luke 6 and all of First Thessalonians 4 and, uh, and, and quote it, but not have a good foundation. And you know, the truth is, is if you can just quote the word, you probably don't have a good foundation. I want a good foundation. It takes a lot of work. The truth is, Parenting is real one-sided. What do we do when we raise those little lovelies? We saw a bunch of what we call woots on the beach. Woots are about this tall, and they 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 walk. But if there's anything in the sand that's not smooth, boom! They they face plant. We saw woots all over the place, <laughs> running out in the water, and their mamas going after them, and everything. Woots they'd come back up and run away from their parents. And they you know, it was fun as it could be. But what's the main thing that parents do? What is, not every parent, but what do we mostly do once we birth them and get them on the earth? Our whole focus is one thing, to put a foundation, to put character into them. We don't teach them the math tables when they're just six weeks old. We're not trying to show them money and say, you'll need a lot of this. We, we endeavor, We per, our perspective is we're going to put something in you in this little life of yours that's not necessarily financial, not necessarily marital. We're going to put things in you that will get you through the storm, that you will be able to make good decisions. You will always be like the cat that lands on his feet. Isn't that what we do? Nobody, everybody looking around, I, I tell you, I raised two. And they were, the grandparents, all that, were always mad at us because they said, ah, you're beating on them and you're, you're not letting them play video games or whatever we did that they didn't like. Uh, for sure, they, we'd all be in the living room around Christmas, and one of them would smart off. We'd say, would you go do this, and they'd give us a little smarty mouth. You all know about smarty mouth? Well, in most families, that just like whatever, you know, or, or I told you, or, you know, you threaten them. But not at our house. This little part of your arm right here is real good for a parent to pick up on and just drag you to the bathroom. And you're wailing. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Y'all pray. <laughs> so nobody liked our methods. You know, we'd go in there and have a talk with them or spank them or whatever. But everybody liked how my children turned out. I mean, up to a point, anyway, and that was character, and so foundations are a lot of work, and and a lot of misunderstanding, and you have to have a conviction. You can't just judge every day and say, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want to today," versus what the Lord wants or what you know whatever. Uh, so other people see us parenting, and they just see construction. They just see raising them, getting them getting them out of the first grade into the fourth grade, and out of, you know, just trying to get them moved along. But if you're pouring a foundation, you're stopping their life on everything and saying, okay, we need to have a talk about this. This is what you did. This is what you're thinking about. This is what your plans are. And we got to stop and assess your foundation, your construction. And so what we do with our children, basically, what we want to do is build in them character for life. And it's a lot of work, I'm telling you. Because they'll always say, well, Johnny's mother, let him go do it. And you know, the, the standard thing is, well, if he said jump off a cliff, would you jump off? That's standard. That's just what moms and dads know when they get that line. So we're in the character building business for those that we care. That's what a church should do. We shouldn't be wailing on sin. Everybody knows sin's bad. Everybody knows God doesn't like it. Everybody knows they shouldn't do it. Everybody, everybody knows. And just because some preacher says it's this or it's that doesn't matter. It's what the word says. And it is what that is, not anything else. But we, we concentrate on that instead of building character. We ought to build character that's honest, that's forthright, that's got a consistency to it. It can outlast the storm. That's what we should be doing in church is taking the ultimate character, the guide for character, for foundation, for constitution. We ought to be breaking it apart and plugging it into our lives. Not so that we can please God. He's already pleased. I'm born again. Are you born again? He's already so happy. He's doing cartwheels in heaven. Don't you know that looks good? Just, Just see if you can get that out of your mind. Hallelujah. But it helps me. I don't like suffering. I don't like hurting. I don't like being on the other side. So I'm paying attention now. We're constructing a foundation, a base, that we can build on. Say it with me. That I can build on. That I can build on. That's what we're doing. Because everybody can build. Do you know anybody that didn't have a foundation and built something? Maybe they were addicted to this, or maybe they... Ran off with these folks or maybe they whatever whatever that we've all seen life go awry It's because they didn't really have time to get a foundation going to college is supposed to be that Going to a university is supposed to give you a foundation for your career Is that right? Why why else do we go and we get the little sheepskin that says you did it? It's so that we can show somebody else and and what they will say is You have a foundation for what I need done in my company. And and here you're saying, my foundation is good, complete. Well, where's it from? Well, it's from uh Yippikayo Yay College, you know, and they may go, well, we may need more foundation than that. Amen. So if we don't excel in our foundation, our life will crumble. We're gonna just stop there and just think on that. If we don't have a foundation, Eventually, the storm will come. What storm? Well, whatever storm that life has, and it's got a bunch of them, and it will come. So I wrote down here all breakdowns in life always come from a breakdown in character. We should have stayed married, but we didn't have the character to stay married. We should have stayed on the job, but we didn't have the character to just say, ah, no big deal. What they said to me is no big deal. We should have stayed married. We should have stayed. We should have outlasted some storms that came. But the character on us, in us at that moment was overtaken by the soul, the soul that says, I ain't taking this. You're not the boss of me, and I don't have to take this. Well, that's not character. That's just natural old flesh that just says, I'm, I'm not taking this. I've done that. Have you done that? And then when it was all over, the emotion came down, the storm passed by, and you go, man, I've got a mess here to deal with. It was because we didn't have a character foundation in our lives. So um, have you ever known people that their gift, their charisma, was greater than their character? Lots of rich people or uh, movie stars, whatever you could say, famous people will say that. They're amazing. But they hadn't got the character, and so they're always losing their money, and they're always changing wives, and they're always, 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 always. Why is that? It's because their gift is so great, people want it, even if it doesn't have a foundation. And it crumbles. A lot of football players uh, that are just so amazing in their gift. They go off and they to NFL or whatever, and you you hear about them. They're signing bonus and this is $10 million. And then the next picture you see, you know, they got... Gold here and car there and house there, which, hey, amen. But then the next picture of the frame you see is that they got kicked off the team and they don't have 48 cents. You go, what happened there? Well, it was bad luck or or, somebody didn't like him or, no, it was lack of character. So I'm talking to you about the most important thing since you got born again and spirit-filled is that we need Character. We need a foundation. We're only going to be able to build so high according to the foundation that we've built deep. Well, help us go up. Amen. Uh, how, what is bad character? What is good character? The difference between good character and bad character is not that you were in, under a rock. It's that who you listen to. Either you listen to principles. Now, I'm a principles guy. Yeah. Y'all know I'm a principles guy. And the, the, the antithesis of principle is people, advice, counsel, worldly wisdom. Uh, your brother-in-law. <laughs> I invested in these stocks and they're going to go to the roof until they're underwater. Hallelujah. So the difference between good character and bad character is who you listen to who you put your counsel in and if you don't put it in the word of God you're going to get hearsay you're going to get something that you don't know I will say and you know this that character is laid down early we talked about our children you lay it down early you teach them that uh, that if they shoplift in store they that if they you catch them in the car and all of a sudden they got three pieces of candy that you didn't pay for and you know they didn't you go, okay, what are you going to do? Well, what should you do? You march them back in there, and you make them apologize and repent, and I'm sorry, and, and uh, they don't want to ever do it again. But if you all say, did anybody see you? You're probably not going to have a good character base in that child. You, you may be embarrassed. I don't want to go in there and let them know my kid stole something. Well, the kid just saw it. You know what these little counters are in the grocery store. They're, they're, they're kid bait. You know, they all want everything that's hanging there. And if you hear your mo- those mothers in front of you, they'll all say the same thing. You don't need that. We can't afford it. That Get away from there. <laughs> it's funny. In verse 47, are you still there in that chapter, verse, chapter 6? In verse 47, he said, uh, He said, whoever cometh to me and hear my sayings and doeth them, I will show to you whom he is like. So right there, he's telling us that we need training or we need correcting. We need a foundation in us that will take us further. I read the other day, I don't know, I just read it, that teenagers or young people, until they're about 24 or 25 years old, have a part of their brain that's not consequentially oriented that they don't think about if I do this, that's coming. They just think, wouldn't it be fun to do this? Wouldn't this be a blast to get get the neighbor's car and joyride in it or whatever, whatever. We've all seen it. We've all done it. We've all done it. But when you turn 55, somehow a light comes on and you start saying, I don't want to do that again. Well, that's the way Christians are. That's the way the religious world is. And I'll tell you, a lot of it is from the false doctrine, I will say it on tape, the false doctrine that says God is in control. Because if God is in control, then there's no consequences for bad seeds sown. You sow to the wind, we all know you reap the whirlwind. But God is in control just means he pays no attention to what you did, what you didn't do. Foundations are not relevant. It's all the same. We just lump everybody in together, and God just starts picking out his favorites and and gets to everybody he can and just does this or does that, good, bad, or whatever. God's in control. And I'm telling you, it's a lie. It's, it's, It's against the principle of seed, time, and harvest. Why would the guy next to me that never gave, never paid attention in church or doesn't read his Bible, whatever, why would he be relegated to God's in control in a different way that maybe you are, where you're, you're conscientious, you're, you're studious, you're, you're in the things of God? Why would it be the same? Well, it's not the same. And I'm going to tell you why. Verse 48, it says, He is like a man which built a house and digged deep, digged deep. There you go, right there. He digged deep. Look in verse 49. Uh, He's like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, built a house upon the earth. Now, that's where we probably all started. Now, there's some prodigies out there that started on a foundation early, but a lot of kids are just like, whatever. I can hardly tell you how many of my classmates when I graduated from high school were, some of them, a lot of them were going to college, but were clueless of why. It was just like, it's that or go to work, let's, let's enroll, (laughs) or until we figure it out. That's wrong. That's, that's misguided. You got to have a foundation for something you want to do the rest of your life. I tell y'all, I had six majors in five semesters. One time I changed, a major, changed my mind in the middle of the semester. I was in nursing, I think, and I wanted to go to accounting. Yeah, I heard that laugh. <laughs> I laughed too. I, I was in biology. I was going to be a scientist. I was going to be an accountant. I was anything. But one time I changed the middle of the semester, and they said, Well, you've got to wait till the end of the semester to change. And by that time, I'd already changed again. So I had six different things, and it was bad. It was so bad. So I had no foundation of what to do with my life. I needed someone to sit me down and say, son, here's how it works. And you start, you start sifting your life and saying, what, what gives me joy? What do I look forward to? I, to? For me to be an accountant was ludicrous. To sit in an office all day with cheater people coming in trying to get you to do their work? Ah, that's not me, but a nurse? I don't even like people that much. I don't even, you know, I, I, I say that tongue in cheek, but I'm not the compassionate one. I'm not the one you call when you're in the hospital and says, please come speak platitudes over me. I'm going to come in and say, what in the world have you done with your life? Get your sorry, scrawny self up or something like that. I, I know how I am. So we don't know of the flood that came here for the man that built on the foundation uh, a, a rock or the one that just put it on the sand. We don't know how long it was till the storms came. But apparently it could be long enough that you, when the storm came and your house got washed away, you wouldn't understand why your house got washed away. In other words, there was a time lapse there and you're just thinking God's in control or God's mad at me or, or whatever and you, you, you uh, separate the initial foundation issue from the consequences. Do I need to say that a different way? You don't tie it together because there's time involved. Now, if you built your house on, a, on the sand or on the foundation, and next weekend it blew away, you might say, Oh, I know why that happened. But it doesn't usually happen that way. People go a long time before they realize my foundation is faulty, if they even do. In Mark chapter 4, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Y'all okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, you're already wanting to... Found, you, everybody in here already knows all this. It's, I'm just saying it a different way. But what it does, it gives you a giddy-up. It gives you a, a, a hey-how on, like, I need to work on my foundation all the time. The new birth was instant, the new birth was complete, the new birth was eternal. But this thing about re- renewing your mind is forever. Because I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the jackhammer to some stuff that's in my foundation, and I'm, I'm blowing it up and hauling it off and repouring. pouring Because I, I, I've been caught co-signing way back in the day. The word says don't co-sign. But the man was in my church. The man was a county attorney and had the sweetest little wife that we had actually had her for a long time and she married big boy and uh, he was the county attorney. They needed a house, we had one for sale and they couldn't raise the money so we said, I will just do that. Let me tell you, that was from a wrong foundation. I knew better, but we just said, what did we say? We, we didn't say that we said God will overlook it or there won't be any storm. Well, sure enough, he quit making payments in a year and a half. And guess who they were looking for? They were looking for me and I didn't do anything. But hey, so, I, so I've got foundation problems or I had foundation problems. Does anybody in here think that maybe one time you laid a wrong foundation, a wrong character flaw based on greed or based on uh, just don't care to take the time? Who reads the instructions at Christmas? Who reads them? If you're a real man, you've never read an instruction at Christmas. You've taken it apart 17 times and rebuilt it, but you never read anything in print. That's how we do it, yeah. Well, that's the same thing in life. We've got to read some instructions. Mark chapter 4, verse 20 says, And these are they which are sown on good ground such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30 fold, some 60 and some 100. What if that was true? What if that was true? And he said to them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid. Now listen to this verse, it's not where we're going, but along the way we could say, there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested Neither has anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. We say those things done in secret shall come to the light. Oh my word, I got this little secret hid. I got this little secret, no one's going to find out about it. Not according to the word. It will come up. Every criminal thinks he's got the perfect crime. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, or measure, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. Hadn't got time to go there. For he that hath, to him shall be given. Now why do, the, why do people that have get more, and people that are under the bridge can't ever get a break? Right here it is. And he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. A lot of people don't think this is fair. They don't like it. They're mad. They don't think God's fair. But that's the way it is. So you've got to have a have in your life. In other words, you've got to pour a little foundation if you want to have a little building on it. You don't want a foundation? That's fine. You can ha- you can, but you won't have, and that which you think you have will be taken away. No foundation means you're going back to square one. You're going to start over. Well, I don't want to spend the time doing that. I don't have time. I got to get going. When we first started preaching, everybody wanted you to preach on prosperity. It didn't matter that they didn't have a foundation to hold it. Y'all know lotto people that win the lotto in three years, they're back in debt. Inheritances are the same thing. Because you don't have a foundation to handle money, you can't hold it. It gets away. Well, that's what this means. But I'm going on. He said, so is the kingdom of God. Okay. What is the kingdom of God? As if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth, here it is, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. How? First the blade, it germinates. Then the ear, so it has a bud. And after that, the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Let me go on. And he said, where shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? In other words, I'm going I'm to tell you a story about the kingdom. You don't get the kingdom, but I'll tell you an exact simile or parable or like story. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge in the shadow of it. And let me tell you all about the kingdom of God. This is going to explain everything. The kingdom of God is prolonged. Now, I was a farmer, and I know about gestation times for, for a crop. If you, if you got your seed in, you got your cotton in in April, you had an expected frost date. You had 165 or 70 days if you got it in in April. And so you would plant a cotton seed, that could take advantage of 170 days, and, buddy, it would blow out the cotton. You could, you could go to the bank with what happened there. But if you got blown out or hailed on or whatever, and you didn't get a crop in until the first week of June, you don't have 165 days. You just have 110 or 20. You don't want to plant that stuff that's going to go way long and way big because just as it's getting going good, frost comes. And you have nothing. It's not like, well, you know, it didn't make as much. No, you, it's, it's in a stage, and it, all it is is green bowls, and, there's, and I did that one time. So there's different periods for different seeds. Well, we know corn. We know how long. Uh, the further north you go, the more cognizant you have to be of it because you got a shorter season. Well, that's the way it is in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the seed, is prolonged. It takes longer than it does for okra and tomatoes and cotton and corn. It takes longer. And the reason is is that if we sinned, a bad sin or whatever, we sowed bad seed, it'd wipe us all out if, if, if it was up and going in the weekend. We need time to repent of it, to see our error and everything. The same thing with blessings. If we sowed on Sunday... And by Wednesday, we got the 30 the 60 and 100 fold return. We'd think it was me. We would think God didn't have nothing to do with this. There'd be no faith involved. It was just something you do, and that's what you get. But it's not what, that way. Harvest is prolonged. So it may take a long time. Jesus said, I come quickly. <laughs> 2,000 years ago. It may take a while. But it's coming. The harvest on the seed is coming. Say it with me. It's coming. Again, it's coming. It's coming. Well, what what do we need to know that? Is because sometimes, listen, listen. Most of the time, like the house that eventually fell, we don't attribute What's going on in our life as being the harvest on bad seed or good seed that was sown a long time because seed time and harvest is prolonged. In other words, you might plant seed in January that doesn't really come into your life till Christmas. See, we want it by the weekend. We're going through McDonald's and you got 30 seconds from when I order to have something coming out the window. And people get irate, and they, they, that's the American culture. Well, here we are in the church. We want something by the weekend. We want something quick. And if we don't get it, like if you sowed this morning, and you're wanting, you got a bill that's coming up in 20 days, you can release seed for that. But if it's just releasing seed as a matter of life, as you purpose in your heart, it may take a while. And you might not attribute that harvest that comes just when, you had to pay a big bill or you had to buy an air conditioner or whatever this there you didn't know that way back in february you were sowing a seed for that and there it came the air conditioner that went out in august boom you got money for it we don't say oh well, look at what we did in february we had need of the harvest in august you could see where that trip you up. but there's nothing listen 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 there's nothing going on in the kingdom except seed time and harvest. Can you say nothing with me? Nothing. There is nothing going on. There is no luck. There's no luck. Everything is seed time and harvest. What's so? Uh, uh, look in chapter 11, Mark chapter 11. We'll just, two verses here. Verse 30, uh, verse 23. Jesus said, for verily, truly I say unto you, Eleven twenty-three, that whosoever shall say into this mountain, okay, we're talking, we're releasing our faith. Mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. And the man that says that shall not doubt in his heart, but he shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. How many of y'all know that is the truth? And it always happens and it never not happens. But there's a time lapse there. He saith shall come to pass, he shall have. Ah, that's the part that gets people. That shall have. That could be in the morning. That could be next month. But it's happening. See, we don't really believe the word. We believe it's a general hit that God will bless you. God, you keep giving, you keep saying, you keep forgetting. God will bless you, bless your darling heart. He, he will send something to get you along. And we don't realize he is serious and he's exact. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, look, look, and ye shall have them. They're coming. They're coming. But you've got to pray right. You've got to say right. You've got to talk to the mountain. Not doubt in your heart, but believe that you're talking has a harvest, has a consequence, has a, a, uh, a transaction. Christians do not believe that. I'm not saying about you, but I'm telling you, most Christians do not believe. It's, it's a little ooey world, a cloudy world, a nether world where you get on the good side of God and, and things might go your way if you get in a quick. But if you're on God's bad side and you, know, you don't go to church or you don't read the word or whatever people think is the bad side, then when something bad happens, we immediately take condemnation to say, this is because I, I was on the bad side. He couldn't help me, couldn't forgive me, couldn't, couldn't, he couldn't be the cavalry that came over the hill, the cavalry, excuse me, couldn't be the cavalry that came over the hill. So we just assume I had it coming, and so we let it come. That's no foundation. That's just the word, anybody in the world that doesn't even know God, doesn't, wouldn't know God if he had a red hat coming on, on him, coming down the street. They think that way, but that's not us. We're believers, and believers do one thing well. They believe. Hallelujah. So we have a prolonged season of sowing and a prolonged season of harvest. Now, I'll tell you, the miraculous is always in style, and suddenlies and immediately are not protracted and long. Have you ever had a miracle that you just believe God right there? Lord, I need healing in my body. I need need a water bill paid. And that week, boom, we've all had that. So it's not like, well, God's on a time lapse. He's like your favorite uh, company that you order from. You order on Tuesday, and four weeks later, it starts sliding by. He's not that way. And the Lord Jesus, who exercised this principle... He was better at it than most of us are. must be that he believed he received when he prayed, and he shortened the time lapse. I can do that. Can you do that? I can do that, but what I have to do? I have to have endurance, and endurance comes from character, from a foundation, that when the storm comes, bless God, I'm not going down. I'm staying here, and I'm going to get my harvest, and it's going to happen just like I said. Now, if you wilt and you say God's in control and you never know what God's going to do and, and uh, he works his, in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform, you're getting squat, you're getting zero, you're getting nothing because you're, you're you, diff- you don't believe different than the heathen man. Right, right. So that man thinks that life is happenstance. You all know what happenstance means? Luck. It just means it comes when it comes, and it doesn't when it's not you know. Uh, you're blowing on the dice. Come on, baby. <laughs> I saw Garland go, what is he saying? Yeah, hallelujah. So, my character, my personal character, will not exceed. What, what causes my character? My character will not exceed my character acceptance as the, of the Bible as being true every time. In other words, if you leave God an option to say, well, you know, God, I, I know you're busy or I know this is a lot or I hadn't been that good or whatever, if, if it doesn't come through, Lord, that's okay. If you don't believe his word is authority, you don't have character and the storm is coming and it will beat the snot out of your house. Can I say snot, church? Okay, we've got one more scripture. It's in Galatians. Okay, I'm going to turn there then. <laughs> okay, well, I've got to finish this up. I, we're, we're, we're laying a foundation here for foundations. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Now here is what the Bible says is true. Whether you accept it or believe it or not will determine on what you do with your life because this is foundation. This is truth. Y'all say amen when you get it. It's truth. And truth in verse 7 says, be not deceived. It means seduced or led astray. Be not deceived. God is not mocked or ridiculed. For Here it is. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now there it is. Like ink on white paper. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So there's judgment. There's judgment. Your harvest will be the judge of whether you sowed or not. I, a lot of Christians, they like I gave and I didn't get. You didn't give. Maybe you're, like, I I mess with the waitresses in a restaurant. They come up and take my order, and it's a, you know, it's a $50 order for a group of us. And I'll ask her every time, do you have change for a dollar? We want a tip. (laughs) (laughs) It's just fun. And then you can go in there with something else. So judgment, your harvest will judge your seed. So your seed is being judged for righteousness or for calamity. If you don't have any character, you're going you're gonna to slide by. You're going to say, I can build this life without a foundation. I don't need God. I don't need his word. I know a bunch of Christians that are hypocrites. I know a bunch of them that I'm better than. And we all do. Yes, sir. We do know those people. And uh, some of them were us at one time. So God's, my future's not under God's control. Who's controlling my future? Me. I'm in charge of my future. Now, he set up a framework at the beginning when God said, I'm going to set the framework for how this works. He was in control. He set all the rules down. But once he set the rules down, he doesn't change the rules. If you get out the monopoly uh, instructions... It doesn't say for 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 these players, but if you don't like those rules, we got other they're the same for everybody. And if you land on Boardwalk and you don't own it, you're paying rent today. No one is exempt. Say I'm not exempt. I'm not exempt. I'm not exempt, I'm not exempt from seed time and harvest. It doesn't matter if it's a time lapse. It's coming. Good and bad. Good seed, it's coming. Bad seed, it's coming. Now you can dig up bad seed. You can repent of bad seed and dig it up so it's not coming. But if it's left unmitigated, it it's coming. Uh, time does not change seed time and harvest. It's coming. And motive, like revenge, they deserved it, I gave them what they gave me, and it's okay with God. No, it's not okay. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. That doesn't mean God's going to smack somebody, it means whatever they stole from you, God will make it up. I will repay. What you lost, what you got beat out of, what they cheated you on, I will repay, I will make it up to you. doesn't mean he's going to go whack somebody because they've done you wrong. He'd be whacking everybody. He'd be whacking on me because I've done people wrong. Some of it I knew and repented, and some I, didn't, I just didn't know. I, later I found out, well, you hurt my feelers, and I didn't even know it. Now I'm going to say a statement here, and we'll, we'll quit. Sowing and reaping are the governors of destiny. You have no life apart from sowing and reaping. Whether you're born again, whether you're a strong Christian, whether you love Jesus with all your heart, whether he's just kind of a thing that we got to keep him on retainer in case there really is a hell. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Sowing and reaping are the governors of your destiny. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. God is not mocked. In other words, you can't get around it. God is not ridiculed. You're like, I can do this if I want to. No. He said that's the way it is, and that is the way it is. Uh, The Amplified says God will not allow his precepts to be set aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever man sows, that, this is the Amplified, that and only that is what he will reap. I like that. That and only that. So we probably need to dig up some bad seed. Y'all got any bad seed in the ground? Or you, you, y'all know what that means? You told somebody off. Just take that. Well, you're a Christian. And you were right. They were wrong. But we don't have that. We sowed something bad. And so that's, somebody's going to give us that. But it may be at our job. It may be at an investment. Somebody's going to say, out of my life. It's coming. The New Living says you will always harvest what you plant. The, uh, Today's English says a per- person will reap exactly what he plants. This is getting kind of personal. The Phillips says a man's harvest in life will depend entirely upon what he sows. So if you didn't sow it, it's not coming. I'm just believing God to get me out of debt. I gave a quarter in the offering last week and my debt's 100000 It cannot be different than this. Now, I, I say this all the time and I'll say it and I'll quit. The sun will not come up tomorrow before the law of seed time and harvest will be taken out of the way this is more real than gravity it's it's not even like gravity is forever no seed time and harvest is forever and everything in our lives is based on that so I'm changing my life I'm I'm digging up some sorry foundation it was good at the time I thought it was great but that's where my that's where my soul was that's why I thought well it's okay to cheat them because they cheat everybody or or it's okay to, everybody's cheating on their taxes, I'll cheat on my taxes. We got to dig some stuff up, but you can't dig it up till you have revelation, till you see it. Because when I was growing up we, and farming, we saw a lot of things different than the word said. We, yeah, we moved, I won't even tell y'all all we did. But it was just, it was just sleight of hand. We could, so we did. And now character says, even though I can, and nobody will know, I can't. Amen. That's a good word, y'all. It'll change our lives. We're going to talk about it some more another day, but uh, it'll change your life. So let's let the seed of the word convict us this morning. Just if you're feeling something inside that just says, hmm, I need to adjust. It's not hellfire and damnation God's bringing to us. He's just saying, adjust. I have a better future for you than you have sown for. Your foundation's weak, but you've got big plans. It's not going to happen. Dig that foundation up and plan a new one. Now, again, if you've sown things that you don't want the harvest on, you just got to dig them up. I've done it many a time. Lord, I repent of saying that, doing that, uh, giving that, uh, Threatening that, I, I repent of it. I dig it up and I plead the blood of Jesus over my harvest. And so then it's done. It's not coming anymore. But on the other hand, if you believe you receive a lot of money or a lot of financing and something comes by that's just a, for your wife, you know, she wants a $25 this or that, and you say, We can't afford it, you probably are planting seed that you don't like either because people that can't afford can't afford. And you won't have anything. You won't have anything if you can't afford that. You can't it's it's what what we say is it's not wisdom at this time to buy that. <laughs> That'd be true. But can't afford nah. Amen. Well, I appreciate you in broadcast tuning in to River Church this morning. We'll be back Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We'll probably be online about 7.20 or so. We'd love to have you tune in. We're back on midweek, and uh, we're going to have a great time. We're laying a foundation for your life that will guarantee your success. God bless you.